Well, the wait is finally over for Star Wars fans. Last night at midnight, the uh, first showing of the new movie, Attack of the Clones. Eric Hong is in Hollywood with more on Star Wars Mania. Here at Grauman's Chinese Theater in Hollywood, we're expecting to see two dramas play out today. Attack of the Clones and Attack of the Eager Fans. Capacity crowds expected throughout the day for this much-anticipated film. Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones features some familiar characters, including Yoda, Obi-Wan Kenobi, and a teenage Anakin Skywalker, who we already know eventually becomes Darth Vader. In this film, you begin to see that he wants to begin to control things, he wants to become more powerful. The four previous Star Wars films combined have grossed nearly $3 billion worldwide. Expect Attack of the Clones to be a force at the box office as well. Advanced ticket sales have been brisk. Even a weekday matinee ticket may be a tough get. Still, 1999's Episode One: The Phantom Menace, despite being the third highest grossing film of all time, was panned by many critics and diehard fans. Can Episode Two live up to its billing? Expectations were so high in Phantom Menace that it was almost set up to fail. But I think that disappointment has kind of lowered expectations, or at least controlled them somewhat, for Attack of the Clones. Blast points is Jason, and this is Gabe. It's Saga Year Month Two. After the Phantom Menace, it only gets better <laughs> every month. It's Attack of the Clones month. Saga year, month two, episode two. It's Valentine's month. It's a time of love. Attack of the Clones is the Star Wars movie all about love. 
You might say Jedi are encouraged to love. I thought love was forbidden. Compassion. Which is unconditional love. The kisses that become scars. It's all part of the beauty of Attack of the Clones. I can't breathe. I wish I could wish these feelings away. Well, we're doing something really special for Attack of the Clones, Saki year. We're going AOTC A to Z, where we are going to be going through the whole alphabet, matching up the letters of the alphabet with some of our favorite bits from Attack of the Clones. But before we get to that, let's just let's talk about the state of Attack of the Clones today. Because it's it's interesting because we did a year's plus worth of episodes all about episode one, Phantom Menace. But so much of everything we talked about in all those 10,000 episodes about Phantom Menace, they go directly into conversations that you could have about Attack of the Clones. Yeah, there's definitely a... They have their symbiotic relationship <laughs> between the two. You see so many people with like their lists of all the, you know, especially if Red Run Rise of Skywalker came out, people were like, well, here's my list of all the Star Wars movies. It's shocking how many like people are like, well, you know, my, my opinion on Phantom Menace has gone up over the past few years or so. But you just saw Attack of the Clones at the bottom of so many lists. It's like, okay, well, something's got to be there. But Yeah, it is funny because, yeah, it does seem like over the years people have softened up and uh, warmed up to Phantom Menace. But Attack of the Clones is just, I don't know. Because every time I see someone's like ranking of the movies, it always looks like mine upside down usually. Because <laughs> as much as I think Phantom Menace has overtaken it in the last couple of years, Attack of the Clones is still like, they're always neck and neck for me as far as just my favorite of the Star Wars movies. That They're just the most fun to watch. Yeah, we'll see. Maybe, maybe another, uh, we need like another 10 years before everybody warms up to Attack of the Clones. Oh, I've never gotten it because it, you, it used to be the, the reign champion of the weirdest Star Wars movie ever made. I don't know if that, that championship belt has been taken away from it now, but it's got that Star Wars, like, gee whiz earnestness and George Lucas bizarreness, maybe even more than any of the other Star Wars movies, all of them. I don't think any Star Wars movie will ever take that belt away from it. I've told you, like, that one of the main reasons I didn't like Revenge of the Sith as much as I thought I would was because... Attack of the Clones was so ridiculous. And so I think my f- favorite word was it was like so gratuitous just of just so much just crazy nonsense that Revenge of the Sith just felt so tame because the, the last 40 minutes of this movie is just like Star Wars toys being shot into your face with like a those T-shirt cannons. But instead of shooting T-shirts, it's like shooting action figures and they're shooting it right into your eyes. It's almost like it's just shooting Star Wars at you. Just whatever Star Wars is, it's it's shoving it in a, in a t-shirt cannon and shooting it directly into your face. Because it's not even there's like there's not even trying to like soften it up like by putting uh you know like those little sweaters you put on pears or something at the grocery store so they don't get bruised. <laughs> like they're just putting raw fruit in there and they don't care if it gets bruised because it's just yeah it's nothing but star wars there's creatures there's clones there's jedis there's arenas and spaceships and spider droids and yoda fights and 
people fall out of spaceships and Count Dooku rides a motorcycle. Like it's just, I don't know. Every time I watch it, I just can't believe this movie really exists and it's existed for 15 years or whatever now. And I'm still waiting for someone to top it, but I, I think it's it's one of the most outrageous things ever shown in a movie theater. It's got like, we're going to get to it as we start going through the A to Z, but it's got those scenes, and it's also got fireplace romantic conversations between two like twenty year olds talking George Lucas love dialogue. <laughs> it's a silly kind of love, the most yeah. outrageous dialogue ever put in a script on screen ever just what was when we did the, the carrie fisher george lucas episode where she was getting at him just like people don't talk like that george well you know it's, it's an old-fashioned way of doing stuff you know yeah and that's where it's there's just this movie it has it all and it's all to 11 and it's all over the top it's like George Lucas had his hat on backwards and was arm wrestling with the world and he won the whole tournament. It's like your your classic saying where, you know, sometimes Star Wars is you're drinking a cup of coffee and then some Star Wars is you're just chewing on the beans. The Attack of the Clones is like you're at the farm and you're just like eating it right out of the, the plant, right out of the ground. <laughs> no time for hot water. Definitely no time for a creamer. <laughs> Sugar, no sugar cubes. Forget it. It's like the they put the seed in the ground. The sun came out. The seed started to grow, and you just ate it right out of the dirt. <laughs> Get some dirt in your mouth too. In the earlier films, episodes four, five, and six, there's a there is a little kind of flirtation, but it's never carried very far. Obviously, Han Solo and 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 Leia fall in love with each other. Uh, but that isn't the sort of core of the story, and it takes place over three movies. This one, it's uh, a much more condensed uh, love story. There's still a lot of action and war. It's sort of a, a love story against the backdrop of a war. George Lucas had, like, an impossible challenge after Phantom Menace where the story had to progress. It was a huge leap forward in time. It had to be a love story. We heard that, I think, even before Phantom Menace came out. Well, the next one's going to be a love story. What's that going to be like? That could be weird. But also, he still wanted to break new ground with digital filmmaking. Like He just started to get that ball rolling with Phantom Menace, and that was important to him. Well, part of, I think, the craziness, too, is of the outlines and like rough ideas he had for the prequel th- movies, it seems like he had the most for Phantom Menace because he started on that first. And then he knew the most what Revenge of the Sith was going to be because that was where everything had to end up. And that was kind of like the part of the story everybody kind of knew about with Obi-Wan and Anakin had to fight. And there was the lava and he had to turn to Vader and all that. Where when he got to Attack of the Clones, it was kind of was more wide open of what he could do other than it's like Anakin and Padme have to fall in love. That's it. <laughs> and everything else, he could just kind of do whatever he wanted. And it seems like at the time, what he wanted to do was everything <laughs> all at the same time. And it's always been a question, too, of how much of some of the things in Attack of the Clones was a reaction to some of Phantom Menace. Like we've talked about at length, like. Was Jar Jar's role in the film always going to be Jar Jar's role in the film? Was Jango Fett always going to be a character? It's much more accepted now, like we've said over and over again, but 
at the time it was kind of like, well, do people even want to go see another one? Well, that's what's funny is I feel like when Attack of the Clones came out, it was the one everyone was like, oh, my God, this is so much better than the last one. I like this one. <laughs> and then all those people, you know, a couple of years later were like, oh, I guess I was mistaken. And now it's like at the bottom of everybody's list. But I remember when it came out, people loved it. And, and if you were in the theater, we've talked about this before, when Yoda came out and whipped his lightsaber out, people were on fire. There were explosions happening in in the theater. Everyone was going nuts. Yeah, I remember people, when it came out, the general attitude was like, it's so much better than Phantom Menace. And I was like, I didn't, I love the first one. And I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's it's better, you know? It's kind of a similar thing. It's got a similar thing going on here. It's it's a little bit crazier. And that first one sure was crazy. So, (laughs) and this one's a whole lot more insane. Yeah. Well, even the title, the title is, is maybe the most ridiculous of all the Star Wars movie titles. It's perfect in its ridiculousness. I I remember that day that it was announced. (laughs) And it was another situation like, it's like Revenge of the Jedi. It's going to change. That's not going to be the final. I was like, nah, I think that's what it's going to be. It's crazy. Okay, that's that's what they want to do. But hey, what's the movie about? Well, there's these clones and they attack. (laughs) And and if you put heart at the beginning, that's what you might have. You might have a heart attack watching this movie. Heart attack of the clones. Yeah. And after this movie, everybody tried to make this movie but make it cooler. So all the clones came out afterwards. (laughs) Tag of the Clones 2 has the best. I have a bootleg version I got. That they misspelled clones on it. So it says Attack of the Clothes. <laughs> and that is one of my all-time favorite Star Wars things is the, the bootleg copy that says Attack of the Clothes on it. Because that's kind of an appropriate title, too. And I always imagine Obi-Wan telling Django that your clothes are very impressive. And, and that kind of totally working, too. They're making a clothes army. <laughs> Who ordered all these clothes? <laughs> The Clothes Wars. Oh, I can't wait for it to come back. So exciting. <laughs> it did, like we, we've we talked about before, it, it did bring about the first instance of digital cinema and digital film projection, this movie. And the, the colors are outrageous. Seeing it for the first time projected digitally in a movie theater, I, we were just like, we're watching the future. And it's ridiculous to say now because everything is projected digitally. You go to any big movie theater place and it's all, there's no, you know, like the big chain movie theaters, it's all digital projection. Right. All movies have become Attack of the Clones. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's like, it was interesting with this one too, because this was the first big movie. They filmed it digital. All the post-processing was digital. And then they, you could see it projected digital. But when it came out, it wasn't quite everywhere yet. Because I think... I think I only saw it once digital. I think I saw it digital in California. Ooh. Because I think I was there for work and we went to see it because they had a digital projector. Because I don't think outside Chicago where I lived that we had a digital screen yet for Attack of the Clones. Yeah, we had to drive from Ann Arbor to Southfield, which is maybe like about a 45-minute drive or something. So there was one theater in Southfield that was playing digital. And I remember we went and it was packed. And you saw it was the different cut. It had Anakin's robot hand holding Padme's hand during the wedding, and the um, 
you're not all powerful, Annie. Well, I should be. That scene was longer too in the digital cut. So I was like, well, I got to see a different version if it's playing. Yeah. I mean, that we were living in the future in 2002. And now, like you said, every, every movie is attack of the clones. Even if at some point they shoot it on film by the end, it's attack of the clones and you're seeing it at a theater projected digitally. Well, and like we said, starting out, I mean, for so many people, it's, it's the bottom of the list. People just, I think people only remember the awkward parts <laughs> of Attack of the Clones. And it's one I feel like people don't revisit enough. I don't, maybe I'm wrong, but if you do, it's Star Wars to the core. It's, the, like you said, it's the beans with a handful of dirt. <laughs> Every Star Wars movie has moments of outrageousness, but Attack of the Clones revels in outrageousness and whether it's outrageous teen drama or outrageous action or outrageous robots or outrageous jedis jumping through windows like literally it's it really feels like as crazy as phantom menace was by attack of the clones george lucas literally felt like he could do anything that he could think of and anything he thought of he put into the movie no matter how crazy it was just because he could I just, I love it for that reason alone. And whether the crazy thing is, like we we're saying, whether the crazy thing is some action thing or whatever, or if it's just like, I want to have Jedi's fall in love, like he just, he did it. And maybe there was some reaction to people's thoughts on Phantom Menace. But even if there was, he still Lucas did up to the max, even if it was like an attempt at, like, look, it's like Boba Fett, but he's different. He's a much more outrageous version of Boba Fett. So, I don't know. I love it. And now that we're talking about it, it might be creeping back up the list and beating Phantom Menace again. <laughs> it's my favorite. <laughs> in other news, the Leafs aren't the only game in town. Perhaps the hottest ticket around anywhere is for the next Star Wars movie, Attack of the Clones. It was the best movie I've ever seen. Special effects was great. It showed more emotion. Jedi's uh, people started fighting each other, but I didn't get who won in the ending. All right, so now let's get into AOTC A to Z. We each picked a corresponding Attack of the Clones thing with each letter of the alphabet. Let's start with the beginning. Let's start with the letter A. Gabe, what's your pick for A in AOTC A to Z? Attack of the Clones starts with A, and there's a lot of good A things in Attack of the Clones. I, if I have to pick one, I'm going to go with the Ackley. Ooh. Ooh. He's big. He's green. He's mean. <laughs> he kills some little Geonosin guys. Obi-Wan fights him with a stick. The movie goes full on Ray Harryhausen with the the like full on side view stop motion looking scenes of them fighting. I don't know. I, I love the arena and uh, the accolades a big part of that. I bet some pe- people that put the tech, the clones at the bottom of their list, they've forgotten about the part with Obi-Wan fighting an accolade with a stick. <laughs> it's easy to forget. And I got, I feel like the scene, the part where it breaks the stick in his mouth <laughs> and then it cuts back to Obi-Wan looking worried. I think that's a, one of the, Many Ewan with a fake beard and wig moments, possibly. 
It's hard to tell because there's so many mixed through this movie. What I would say, too, that part when when the acolyte breaks the stick in its mouth, that is some wonderful character animation of that stressing and then that thing breaks. Beautiful. Wonderful. All right. So what do you have for A? I picked Amidala because Attack of the Clones Amidala, Padme Amidala has always been my favorite. It's when she finally comes into her own, I feel like, as a character. She's fantastic in Phantom Menace, but she gets so much more to do all through the movie. Right, Even right away with the, oh, Annie, you always be that little boy I knew on Tatooine. And especially the droid factory chase, all the stuff in the arena at the end. I remember her riding the reek, shooting the blaster. I was just like, that's it. That's true, because of the three, it's kind of like in Phantom Menace, she's still the queen, and when she's the queen, she kind of has to be in her queen speak, in her makeup, and she's like doesn't really get to be herself. And by Revenge of the Sith, it kind of becomes more about her being pregnant, and especially since when they had to cut the movie down to not be five hours long or whatever, they kind of focused on all the Anakin bits, so we lost a little bit of the Padme working with the senators to fight Palpatine. So really, clones is like... Her moment to shine and we get a little romance and we get a little action and yeah she's just all over the place being the best Amidala she can be I call it aggressive negotiations my goodness you've grown I want to know who's trying to kill me I don't wish to hold you up I'm sure you have a great deal to do alright Jason now we're at B what's your pick for the letter B Baru <laughs> <laughs> we did when we did <laughs> strange Baru, we confessed our love for the attack of the clones Baru, and I'm I'm just going to repeat it because it's worth repeating because attack of the clones Baru is some good Baru. This is my girlfriend Baru. Hello, it's a new Baru. It's not a vintage Baru, but that doesn't make it any less sweet. Let's not forget Bonnie P- Bonnie Peace. She should be in the Obi-Wan show. If there's going to be young Luke, there should be Owen and Baru. So let's not count out this young Baru yet, because young Baru could be the new Baru 2. The new Baru, again, how are you, Baru? She's the Baru for you to view in the Kenobi show. Yeah, cross all your fingers, cross all your toes, (laughs) tell all your neighbors... To put her in your thoughts so that she shows up in the Obi-Wan show. Don't brew it. Hopefully she gets more than one line. Prayer circle, light candles, that she has more to say than hello. Or if they're not going to give her lines and she only says hello, at least make it a thing and she can say hello. Every episode she says hello and Obi-Wan says hello there. Hello. Or dub over her voice with a different voice in every episode. Yeah. To keep in strange Baru fashion. Right. Each episode has a special guest star who gets to do Baru's voice for that episode. Oh, look, it's Obi-Wan. Back again, looking for Luke. <laughs> okay, what's, what's your pick for B? I'm, I'm tempted to say battle droids because there's, there's some new some new blood in here, but I got to go with Bale because it's, uh, it's our first prequel Bale Organa. We get to see Jimmy Smith's. Showing up, being the Bail Organa, we always imagined finally getting to see him on screen. I wasn't sure. I remember the day Jimmy Smith was announced in the cast of Attack of the Clones. And I was like, why? Who? Why? And then 
I think somehow it leaked that he was playing Bail Organa and still it's like, what? I remember sitting in the theater and as soon as he walks out in the beginning, it's just like, ho, 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 ho. maybe it's the goatee. Maybe it's the club. Maybe it's just the gravitas that the Smiths gives Bail Organa. Brilliant. Perfect. There's a reason people screamed and shouted in Rogue One when he came out at the end of that meeting and didn't even say a thing. The crowd lost their minds. Yeah. He's back. Finally. People were losing their smits. Unfortunately, the debate is not over. The Senate will never approve the use of clones before the Separatists attack. All right, what do you have for C? Oh, man, there's so much goodness, man. I don't know. I, I, oh, I got to go with Klieg. My leg, I got to wait. I got to wait for it to heal, and then maybe I can go out. Your son is just dead, son. Don't just accept it. Just move on. Do something else. When my leg heals, then we'll talk. Grumpy old Klieg Lars. Who knew we were going to get to meet Uncle Owen's? Even grumpier dad, who knew he was going to be missing a leg and in a hover wheelchair. <laughs> He's like the old Han Solo we got before we got old Han Solo, but even grumpier. She was out picking the mushrooms, son, and then they got her. They're like, miners, vicious animals is what they are. You have my full permission to kill them all. <laughs> well, and I don't think ever anyone ever talks about, us included, that he's technically Anakin's stepdad. Right? Mm-hmm. 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 He's mm-hmm. Darth Vader's grumpy dad. He's Kylo Ren's great-grandfather from a certain point of view. Yes. His force ghost should have came out the Rise of Skywalker, floating out in a little floating ghost hover chair. Oh, well, maybe that's... We didn't see Ben Solo's ghost because his ghost is busy meeting all his other relatives. He's he's hanging out with the Klee Lars ghost right now. Got distracted. What happened to your leg? <laughs> I don't know. It's going to grow back. I'm a ghost. I don't know. So, all right. We're still on C. What do you got? I know. I'm sorry. I stole Klieg. So, what do you got? All right. Coruscant. I'm going to go with Coruscant because we we got a taste of Coruscant in The Phantom Menace. We Lots of, like, sweeping city views, a couple, of, like, like, a taxi ride or something. But Attack of the Clones, we really get into Coruscant. We go to clubs. There's the chase through Coruscant. We see, like, kind of the people, the weirdo people that live in Coruscant. I mean, just that chase with with Zam and Obi-Wan and Anakin, that's the stuff of dreams. It's so good. The music is so insane. And it's so fast-paced. It's so Star Wars. And Obi-Wan and Anakin's banter, and then Anakin, like, hanging on to Zam's ship and everything, and losing his lightsaber, and Obi-Wan, like, I think you said once, catching it with his teeth. (laughs) It's great, and the design of Coruscant in that movie is so cool. It reminds me of, like, when colored movies were first introduced, and, like, the musicals of, like, the, the 40s and stuff, with, like big bright technicolor colors and like almost like with attack of the clones being like we're doing it digital and like look at all these like pinks and yellows and insane bright colors yeah coruscant really comes alive in attack of the clones weird aliens driving cars we get to see star wars sports with there's like droid football and 
pod races on the on the TV screens. It's a bar where Ahmed Best and Anthony Daniels are hanging out. Like that's where you that's where you know you that's where you want to go. All right, next up, the letter D. Dooku. Ah. Are we in agreement? <laughs> oh no, there's more good D's, but Dooku Dooku is the number one D in this movie. We dedicated a whole episode to Dooku in the past. We talk about Dooku a lot. Everyone knows our feelings on Dooku. Uh, I actually listened to Dooku Jedi Lost, <laughs> which is a fascinating 27-hour-long audio drama. I'm so excited we're getting more Dooku coming in the Clone Wars. Even with the Dooku Jedi Lost answering a lot of things we wondered about Dooku, Dooku is still a character of mystery. It's Christopher Lee. We were so lucky to have him, I don't think people even know what a, what a blessing having Christopher Lee in Star Wars. He's just so right. Dooku is so mysterious, so fascinating still to this day. He's great. He's possibly one of the most underrated Star Wars characters of all time. And it was neat to have such a different Sith compared to Maul, since he's almost like the opposite of Maul. And it really kind of went with the whole thing with the prequels of each movie kind of mixing it up and, and giving you what you weren't expecting. And after Maul, everyone was expecting even more Maul, something like even more <laughs> with four, uh, an, an alien with longer horns and four lightsabers or something. And instead we got like the suavest hundred year old man you could imagine. It's true. But that's not the only D man in attack of the clones. Dexter Jetster. Oh, hey, old buddy. What you, oh, what you got here is a Camino Saber Dart. Did you ever think you'd see Obi-Wan Kenobi at a diner <laughs> talk, talking to a four-armed alien man with a mustache and pants that were falling down? <laughs> How big your pocketbook is. I, You know what? <laughs> Something I've always been intrigued with the Dexter Jetster is he's had adventures. He knows right away what Camino is. He knows about the Rishi Mays. I've always wondered the past adventures of Dexter Jester. Where's he been? What was he doing? What's going on with that? He's like Indiana Jones in Star Wars or something, where he just had all these adventures, learning about secrets and artifacts throughout the universe. And then he took all that money and retired and opened a diner on Coruscant. I love it. That's these are the stories we want to hear. Man. Yeah, Disney Plus, come on, young Dexter Jetster. The incredible, outrageous adventures of Dexter Jetster. Make it like young Indy, where he's just bumping into like Mark Twain. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't even matter. Whatever. Just, well, this is like remember we were talking, it would be nice to have some sort of like Star Wars history in Star Wars. So it's not real history, but it's history in Star Wars universe history. So it could literally be like young Indy and he runs into all these historical figures in the Star Wars universe. And that's how we learn about who invented electricity in Star Wars or whatever. Because young Dexter Jetster runs into him on his adventures. So what you're telling me is you invented shoes. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> all right. So what do you have for the letter E? There may only be one E, and it's a big one. Ellen Sleazebagano trying to sell Obi-Wan some death sticks. We got the same E across the board. There can be only one E, and that's the Sleazebagano. He's big enough for both of us. He's infamous. 
Isn't he played by the kid from the Matrix too? Didn't we figure that out? Yeah, the, from from Matrix One. Yeah, talking about the food on the Nebuchadnezzar. Yeah, <laughs> dreaming of death sticks. It's a classic moment, you know. Like you always hear when like Galaxy's Edge opened up. Like people, is there any place I can buy death sticks? Ha 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 ha. Death sticks should be. You should be able to buy death sticks in Galaxy's Edge, but they should be like candy cigarettes or something. Like the old kind that are now like banned that have like the. The sugar powder that when you blow into them, it blew out. Remember that? Yeah, I I wish they would. All right, up next we have the letter F. Well, I I went a little little off the path with this one, and I chose figures because the action figures for Attack of the Clones when they first came out were amazing. They were posed. We're just about to get to like the the unleashed figures, but they were like mini unleashed figures. Like they didn't have like a lot of like play value because they were so already posed. But you compare them to the the figures we got for Phantom Menace, and they were just night and day. They were such great action figures, and there were so many action figures for Attack of the Clones. Yeah, they were definitely they put the action and action figure. They came with like laser blast things you could stick on their lightsaber some of them had magnet hands and then with little metal lightsaber hilt so they could like stick to their hand or stick to their belt i think it was for attack of the clones did they have the mace windu puppet one that had the stick on the back (laughs) yeah so you could like make you could make mace windu like swing his lightsaber around like it was a little three inch puppet no so much good stuff yeah and like you said there were so many there were so many jedi in the movie and they made action figures for almost all of them it was a wonderful time. Wonderful time. What, what, do, you, what do you have for F? The Force. Oh. Can't be Star Wars without the Force. And there's plenty of Force going on in Attack of the Clones. There's Jedi Force jumps. Mace Windu takes his jacket off while he's jumping backwards. Anakin lifting fruit with the Force and cutting it and feeding it to Padme. <laughs> Yoda catches the roof with the Force. The dark side clouds the force, so the Jedis don't know what's going on. There's a lot of force going on. Qui-Gon Jinn reaches out through the force mm-hmm. and speaks to Yoda for the first time. It's like the sweeping whirlwind of fun before we get to Bummer Town in Revenge of the Sith. Here's Jedi doing their thing. Here's force stuff, like crazy. When you get it in the next one... There's, there's no room for, like, the Geonosis arena battle of just Jedi candy. Well, that's a good way to think of, I think, Attack of the Clones is, is like, it's like watching Star Wars candy. If you have too much candy, you might get a stomachache, but if you're in the mood for candy, this is the movie to fill your belly with. Sometimes you just want to have a little bit of something sweet. Maybe you just want to have, you know, like a now and later or something. Sometimes you want to eat a whole pack. Or two, maybe that maybe that's maybe it happens. Maybe you're just like, oh my god, I just ate a whole pack of now and later's. Whoa! But I don't regret it. It's like when I ate a box and a half of Triscuits because I love Triscuits so much, and then I threw up. <laughs> but it was worth it because I still love Triscuits. <laughs> when did this happen? I don't know. When I was in like elementary school or something, <laughs> it was like a Saturday, and my mom had bought a couple boxes of Triscuits, probably because she thought they would last like a few weeks. And I ate a whole box, and I was like, I want some more. And then I ate half of another box, and then I puked. <laughs> but it was, I loved it though. It was, you know, it was a good day. I still remember it now. It was like one of the best Saturdays of my life. <laughs> That's Tack of the Clones. Yeah. If one tastes this good, 
imagine how good a box and a half would taste. That's, that's like George Lucas writing the script. He's like, man, this this first minute is incredible. Let's just do this for two hours. All right, what do you get for G? There's only one G in this movie, and it's Geonosis. Well, I had Geonosians, so I think it all goes together. Geonosis is a place where dreams come to life on the big screen. There's bug aliens. There's arenas. There's creatures. There's kisses. There's steam. There's droid factories. You want to see bugs building robots? Here you go. Welcome to Geonosis. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want to see bugs that have dogs on chains? Welcome to Geonosis. (laughs) Do you want to see esteemed actor Christopher Lee talking to CG creatures, people in rubber masks, inside of a cave? Welcome to Geonosis. Around the survivors, a perimeter create. All right, next is the letter H. I have got for the letter H, Hayden Christensen. I don't even think people realize, people forget somehow that we were introduced to Hayden Christensen's Anakin Skywalker in Attack of the Clones. And the Attack of the Clones Anakin is very different from the Revenge of the Sith Anakin. But Attack of the Clones Anakin is just as great in its own way. It's He's awkward teenager Anakin Skywalker. He's the ultimate teenage boy. Yeah. He's almost too real in a movie <laughs> that's so unreal that it's hard for people to accept. But he's great. Hayden has always been great. His performance is pure Star Wars. <laughs> It really is, because it's like little little kid Anakin-like. You know you're not watching a normal movie. You know you're watching a Star Wars movie when they're on the screen. You've been transported to another world. It, yeah, Attack of the Clones Anakin can only exist in a Star Wars movie. And that's part of the beauty. That's part of the fun of Attack of the Clones. Sometimes we don't get characters like Attack of the Clones Anakin. It's the whole thing of, your, it's like you're watching a foreign film, but it's not a foreign film. But it is. It's a movie from another time in another universe. It's like Kurosawa. You have no idea of the culture where you're watching. You just go in. You learn as you go. Could be speaking a different language. Maybe he is. We don't know. There are scenes in Attack of the Clones where he pretty much is speaking a different language. That's not how people on Earth talk. What's your H? I got to throw in, get some little droid droidness in there. There's the Hailfire droid from the battle at the end. Droids with giant... Wheels that shoot rockets. So many droids. So many droids. It's like I woke up from a dream and opened my eyes, and the dream is still happening, but now it's on the movie screen. Like, right out of my dreams. Get out of my dreams and get onto my movie screen. (laughs) Get out of my dreams. It's my my favorite Billy Ocean song. (laughs) There's so many, so many good ones. (laughs) What what do you have for the letter I? In all caps, IMAX. Ooh, the first and that, well, I guess not the only time, but with the prequels, it was the, I don't think Revenge of the Sith ever got the IMAX treatment, right? I don't think so. Or did it? I don't remember. Yeah. Cause I think that was before like the, the, the bootleg IMAX. I want to say wasn't the, one of the Matrix movies was the first one that they were able to do a movie that long. Yeah. Reloaded. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there were already two versions out. We got this third special, mysterious, legendary, infamous IMAX cut of the movie cropped 
in a different aspect ratio. Scenes were cut. It had its own posters with Yoda saying size matters not. Wasn't it like all, it was like almost an hour was cut out of it only because it was like it was it was like an hour and 15 minutes long version of Attack of the Clones. It was very short. And to this day, it's kind of been forgotten because there was never that version on a home video release. I've spent multiple nights looking through the internet to try to find anyone that has even like accurate documentation of what the changes were. Like there's been people who are like, well, I kind of remember. And they try to write down what all the changes are, but it's kind of a mystery because I, you know, we can kind of remember things that are missing, but it's, it's hard to know for sure where all the cuts were. And I don't know, it would be really cool someday to, for Disney to put it on YouTube or something just so we, we can remember what was different. The only thing I remember is that almost everything with Anakin and Padme in the middle was cut out. I remember just sitting in the theater being like, wow, they cut out all the love stuff. <laughs> I think the only thing I remember is the giant floating droid that tries to shake C-3PO by holding him by his leg. They took that part out. But it was such a big deal. And it's so crazy to think that like, oh my God, it's a Star Wars movie playing in IMAX. It was a huge deal. Like you said, it had its own poster. And people were like driving really far to be like, we gotta go see Attack of the Clones in IMAX. Well, and it's extra crazy because really of of a Star Wars movie to show in IMAX, it's potentially the worst one of all of them because it was the first round of digital cameras that the resolution wasn't that high and yeah and it was like if anything was far away from the super crisp clear IMAX look it's Attack of the Clones because which it's not Attack of the Clones fault it's because the technology just wasn't there but it's kind of funny that that was the first one they put on the big IMAX screen yeah I remember it always looked weird and and basically zoomed in to make it fit the screen so it was like even <laughs> Even like kind of lower res. So, I was, yeah, I always remember the the elevator scene in the beginning was in it. That oh, the scene Obi Wan's hair that close up. I remember in the theater there were always people like whoa, whoa. Ewan McGregor's forty foot tall fake beard <laughs> was out, outrageous. <laughs> uh, so for I, I got to go for the letter I. I got to give a shout out to the interviews we had. It was the press. On Attack of the Clones was outrageous. We did an episode a long time ago where I can't, it was like, I want my MTV Star Wars. I don't remember what the number was, but we spotlighted this period of time. They were trying so hard to market Attack of the Clones to the MTV generation of that time. And it made for some of the best and most ridiculous and outrageous Star Wars interviews with the cast and George Lucas ever. And I'm talking specifically about the Master P interviews, where he asks uh, Hayden Christensen if he's a lizard man. MTV, we always have the kiss of the year. You think you'll be up for? Oh, that's right. You guys have have those oh, yeah. awards, man. Yeah. Forgot about that. You think you think you're gonna be up for kiss of the year? It was an all right kiss. It yeah. was an all right kiss. Yeah, yeah. she's she's a, a pretty girl. It wasn't wasn't that hard to do? What is lizard, man? <laughs> I made it off my shoulder. Yeah, you carry lizards with you, huh? He's been hanging out with me. I, I found him. So you're a lizard, man? Someone keep me company, you know? Uh -huh. 
What about old girl? She ever kept you coming? You know, this MTV, man, we keep it controversial. We need to find out is any love interests? Uh, nah. Does she call you? We we uh, we still keep in touch. Yeah. You hear? What? <laughs> <laughs> and the infamous car ride with Master P and the one and only George Lucas. We asked him the best questions of all time ever. Another thing I wanted to find out, you know, with Yoda, was he was he high or something? On this one? Yeah. No, no. Because he talked slow, you know. And well, he talks slow in all the movies. It's just, you know, people don't realize how. But, you know, people from talking. MTV, all the viewers out there was like, man, you know, what kind of herb was Yoda smoking? I'm like, <laughs> I don't think George did nothing like no, that to him. But no. he, he just, that's the yeah, way he talked. Yeah, if you, hear him, if you hear him in Empire Strikes Back and... You know, he, he talks, you know, he's old. Yeah. He's, he's, 800, he's 800 years old, Frank Oz. Is he that yeah. small? So much good. Well, it's like the movie itself is maybe the most outrageous Star Wars, and that totally creeped into the real world where the marketing and hype up to it was maybe the most outrageous because, yeah, like you said, Phantom Menace, they went crazy. And they maybe did the most amount of marketing, but what they made up for and maybe toning back on the amount, the things they chose to do to push the movie, mostly with focusing it all on MTV, is just so bizarre to go back and, and look at parties on Skywalker Ranch on MTV with bands playing in the back backyard and... Chewbacca playing the drums, I think, in one of them. A wonderful time. Wonderful, wonderful time. So next we have the letter J. This was, this was an obvious one for me, Django Fett. Still so incredibly cool. The chrome armor, the Buck Rogers guns, the mystery that still continues to surround that character, Django Fett. Incredibly cool. The, the OG clone. The start of it all. Tamil Morrison. Love him. I hope we get to see him in Star Wars again. Django Fett is just so impossibly awesome. We finally get to see the the Boba Fett action we always wanted. Jetpack flying, rain, grappling hooks. Well, it's like we've said a million times. I don't know if I ever actually really wanted it. <laughs> but when I got it, I was like, maybe I actually did want this. Oh, George, you knew what I wanted, and I didn't even know. It's like when somebody asks, what do you want for dinner? And you're like, I don't know. I'm not even all that hungry. And then you end up freaking out and eating everything. You're like, wow, I guess I really was hungry and I didn't know it. That's Django Fett. Well, Django's not the only incredible J in Attack of the Clones. We have Jedi librarian Jocasta New. We hardly we hardly knew you, but once we saw you, there was more love to be had in Attack of the Clones. Did you know there was gonna be a Jedi library? Did you know they had librarians? Did you know that she would be so so rude? <laughs> <laughs> and grouchy. She's rude and grouchy, but I don't judge her for that. I still love her. You need to be. Those Jedi, they're from all over the galaxy, you know? Every every civilization probably has different library rules, but she's got to make sure they all follow her library rules. She knew Dooku. She knew it all because she's Jocasta New. Who knows? She knew. Jocasta New. <laughs> when Padawans came to the library, they're like, are you new? I've never seen you before. Yeah, I'm new. I'm Jocasta new. <laughs> All right. What, what do you have for K? I got to go with Kid Fisto. Whew. He made his debut in the arena. 
He's got tentacles. He's green. He's got giant eyes. He keeps smiling. He force pushes a droid onto C-3PO. He smiles. He He's like the original prequel meme before prequel memes were a thing because everyone loved that Fisto, those shiny white choppers in that award-winning smile. He made you want to go to the dentist. I'm sure a lot of people took that, took a screenshot of him and went to their dentist and said, I want my teeth to look like that. I know I did. Well, I'd go with, uh, with Camino. The whole look of all of it. The stark white walls, the big soup ladles that they sit in, the, the Camino aliens, how ridiculous it is. The, was it uh, Lama Sue scratching her neck when Obi-Wan leaves and stuff? I, I love the look of everything in Camino. It was very clean and very like futuristic looking. You know, it wasn't the huge future, the huge universe, like all dusty and dirty. It was none of that. It was like straight up out of like a sci-fi movie or some Star Trek business or something. It's like a space hospital. Yeah. <laughs> it was like JJ Abrams Enterprise. Years before that was even a thing, like an an Apple store before there were Apple stores. Well, we also got to see clones eating on Camino too, which Star Wars eating is always the best. So not only is it they make clones, it's super clean, but somewhere they have like a really clean kitchen. Hopefully, we see that on uh, Clone Wars, the uh, the Camino. Uh kitchen the chef and we find out they really just it's just dexter jetster that's how he knew hey he works there on the weekends <laughs> all right next the letter l i had to go with love love is a major theme of attack of the clones love is a th- major theme in every star wars movie every star wars movie hovers around the idea of love but none of them p- Maybe put it as front and center in your face, lovey-dovey talk as Attack of the Clones. Attack of the Clones might have the most, does it have the most kisses per Star Wars movie? Maybe tied with Empire, maybe? Well, there's on- isn't there only one? Don't all the Star Wars movies only have one kiss? <gasps> no, you're right, there's three. Well, Attack of the Oh, it- no, there's four. Okay, you're right, you're right, you're right. There's the the Lake Country Forbidden Kiss. There's the I Truly Deeply Love You Kiss. There's the Kiss on the Reek. And there's the Wedding Kiss. Yeah, you're right. It's a lot of kissing. And was it Irvin Kirshner said, uh, in a Star Wars movie, a kiss pretty much means a, a sex scene. That's about as far as you're going to get in a Star Wars movie. <laughs> Tack of the Clones is nasty. <laughs> Tack of the Clones is rated NC-17. It's the love Star Wars movie, and sometimes you just want to love Star Wars movie. I guess now we know in Star Wars, if you if you kiss four times, then you have babies. <laughs> well, then there you go. <laughs> well, what's, what's your pick for L? Well, you already brought up Camino, and you can't bring up Camino without Lama Sue. Mm-hmm. The I can't remember was Lama Sue like the what did they call him? Is he like the governor or the Lama Sue is the prime minister. He's the head of the ruling council of Camino Colony Governors. I don't even have any to say anything. You said it all back on K for Camino, but we gotta gotta give a shout out, Lama Sue. He's got a great voice. Very calming. Uh, Fifty thousand border on the way. Yeah, just wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah, yeah why why isn't there, they're like I guess the 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 one nine hundred lines have gone out of out of fashion, but why isn't there a phone line where we can just call and hear like 
Lama Seuss tell you a story <laughs> or Dexter Jetster read a poem. Humpty Dumpty who sat on a wall. <laughs> that's, that's what people really want. Uh, so what, what do you got for the letter M? Mace Windu. Mace Windu is kind of like Amidala in Attack of Clones. This is Mace Windu's moment to shine. Yes. And after Phantom Menace, everyone was like, they got Samuel Jackson and all he did was sit in a chair. George Lucas was playing the long game and it was all leading up to the end of this movie where we finally get to see Mace let loose and fight a bunch of droids and fight Jango Fett and make Boba Fett very sad. Got to say the classic line, this party's over. We got to see the purple lightsaber in full effect. It was just, it was Mace Windu's show there. And it was, it was it, like you said, it was Star Wars candy. And when Mace Windu's, we all win, do. All right, for, for the letter M, I had to go with mullet. <laughs> yeah. And I'm talking specifically about Obi-Wan's mullet. You know what I'm talking, everybody knows what I'm talking about. Obi-Wan's hair in this movie is priceless. It's outrageous. Still incredible. It's a beautiful thing. When we first saw pictures of what Obi-Wan Kenobi was going to look like in Attack of the Clones, maybe it was on StarWars.com, maybe it was an Insider or something weird. It's like, with the the beard. Because even after Phantom Menace, there was all the talk like, do you think Obi-Wan's going to have a beard in the next movie? But we never knew his hair was going to be a full-on mullet like that. Yeah, the be- the beard was expected, but the hair. But it's like, hey, he, Qui-Gon was his master. And, you know, as Obi-Wan's powers grow, his hair grows with it. And then by Revenge of the Sith, he's like, I got I to gotta hold back. I got to keep my cool. Hello there. You seem a little on edge. Oh, yes. <laughs> Relax. Take a deep breath. So next is N. I pick nightmares. Anakin's nightmares. Where Anakin's dreams, like, talked about right away in the movie. And like we talked about when our... um, Phantom Menace novelization episode. Like, that's such a fascinating subject to dive into, like Anakin's subconscious and his dreams. And Attack of the Clones just attacks that. (laughs) He's always talking about his dreams and the fact that he's having these nightmares about his mother and that guides him to go back to Tatooine. And the, the movie starts getting really intense. And it's continues into Sith as such an important factor. I always loved that that plot point and that that area of Anakin's subconscious and what is is he's dreaming about at night. It's just fascinating. I love it. Yeah, the force isn't always a good thing. Seeing the future might not be as cool as you think it is. <laughs> so I gotta go with Nabu because we are first introduced to Nabu in the Phantom Menace, but much like Padme being introduced as the kind of uptight Queen Amidala. Naboo is kind of only shown in kind of a formal, you're at the capital kind of thing, where in this movie we kind of get to see the lake country and waterfalls and fields and romantic palaces. And it's kind of cool because we really don't 
ever see that kind of side of a place in the other Star Wars movies. I don't know. There's the story never just has a time for like people to just be chilling out in somewhere nice. Like, you know, Han and Leia are, are falling in love in the dirty Millennium Falcon or they're on Cloud City, which is really like a factory. And here we have people just kind of on vacation in Star Wars, Star Wars land with lakes and boats and fireplaces and all kinds of goodness. Attack of the Clones takes the time to just be beautiful every once in a while. It's to be about love and beauty. And what better place to do it than, you know, Naboo. And it's like when you ask somebody, like, what Star Wars planet would you want to go on vacation on? Like the kind of cliche thing. It's like people always like, man, Naboo, that place looks great. <laughs> it's super chill. Yeah. There's probably some nice museums, some good restaurants, go on a boat cruise. There's not giant monsters trying to kill me. Every other Star Wars planet. There's always something trying to kill you. Or what do you have for the letter O? I'm going to go with Senator Orn Frita, the legend. He's hard to miss. He's a big blue Twi'lek. And he's one of those characters that lets you know how George Lucas thinks of politicians. <laughs> a little subtle jab in there with all the other stuff he throws in there. But yeah, it's always cool to see alien senators. I wish Star Wars would keep the politics out. <laughs> I, I got to go with, uh, you know, it's an obvious one. We covered this a little bit in M, but uh, Obi-Wan. Much like all these characters we've talked about before, Attack the Clones is when Obi-Wan starts to really be, be Obi-Wan. And, like, the Obi-Wan that has been so present in the Clone Wars cartoon. It's When people ask you, well, what's young Obi-Wan like? It's pretty much describing his character in Attack of the Clones. It's true. Well, it's like Mace. I mean, as much as Obi-Wan wasn't really a huge main character in Phantom Menace, he was there, but he was more in the background. And this was, again, like his moment to shine and kind of become the character that he's been ever since, up, up until the original movies. And Ewan McGregor just, just kills it. Just so wonderful. Next up is P. No surprise to probably anyone listening, but I'm going to go Poggle the Lesser. Wise choice. Everything about Geonosis is amazing, but Pago the Lesser, the best voice possibly in all of Star Wars, Ernie Facilius, Hardware Wars Zone, doing the voice, good friend of Ben Burt. Don't ask him what he thinks of the new movies. But why Why do you need to? Because you've got something inc as incredible as Pago the Lesser. Such a star in the Catalyst book, his connection to Rogue One, amazing. Poggle the Lesser, more like Poggle the Greater. There are so many amazing characters introduced in these movies. And Poggle is so good to stand out so much from all the other. It's like a bigger gold coin in a pile of smaller gold coins. They're all solid gold coins. But there's just something about this one that you're like, man, that's a nice gold coin. And that's Poggle the Lesser. Top, top notch all around. But man, if I have to pick a P, I'm going to go with Poe Nudo. Ooh. So we were talked a little earlier on Geonosis. We get introduced to the Council of Crazy Aliens, otherwise known as the Separatists. And one of the Separatists is this mosquito bug man, Ponudo. 
he doesn't get to do much. He just kind of sits there. But, you know, when you got bug eyes like that, you make an impression. Well, and it's hard with the with Watt Tambor for anybody to get any kind of attention away from Watt Tambor. There's still the mystery of the horseman sitting in the separatist council. We'll never know what the deal is with horseman. He, yeah. It's like he's there, but he's not there. He's not in the books. He's not in the dictionary. Who is that guy? A, he's a horse sitting on the separatist council. Not in the visual, yeah, not in the visual dictionary. Never been in Clone Wars. He's a mystery. He's a is a Clone Wars mystery, an Attack of the Clone mystery, a Star Wars mystery someday. All right, what do you, what do you got for Q? I think there's just one Q we got to go with, and it's a queen, and it's the new queen, Queen Jamila. Which it was cool to kind of see a new queen and realize how much of the Queen Amidala character was like a formal kind of thing. Like it's kind of neat to see this this different culture. And when you're the queen, you wear the makeup and you talk in the voice. And it's like it's a formality. It's not who this person is. And with Phantom Menace, we weren't really sh- we thought that's kind of what was going on, but we'd never seen it before. So we didn't know. Yeah, it was it was a cool thing to see. Like, okay, time has passed. There's now a different queen on Naboo. This culture is still going forward. Padme is not the the Padme Amidala is not the queen anymore. It was yeah, yeah. It's a neat detail that that it was cool to see it carried over into Revenge of the Sith too, with a third a third queen in that one. So next we have the letter R. I'm gonna go with Robot Hand, like we said in the. Um, in the digital version, you've got to see Anakin's robot hand. It's now been in every version uh, since then. But that was a big deal because we hadn't seen a robot hand since Empire Jedi. Just the fact that Anakin, and we all knew, like, oh, eventually he's going to become Darth Vader. And now, oh, he's got a robot hand. Here it comes. It was a really big deal. And it's, I don't know, we're, we're just sucker for robot hands in the end. That's all it is. Much like the end of Phantom Menace with the parade and the party, but it's Palpatine's music. And then Attack of the Clones ends where it's a wedding and it's happy. But you see that Padme's basically marrying the Darth Vader part of him and getting that little bit of a hint of the future in something that's supposed to be happy is just, I don't know, it's just cool. And I think it's something that people forget about just how neat it was that both these movies have happy endings and both these movies happy endings are setting up the ultimate downer ending of the third movie of the, of the three. So I'm going to go with R2D2. So he's the hero. He always saves the day and we get a lot of R2 action in the droid factory scene. He gets to be the hero. He gets to fly with his jets. He saves Padme. Then in the arena fight, he, he saves 3PO by pulling all his body parts back so and puts 3PO back together, kind of setting up the whole relationship that kind of finishes up in Rise of Skywalker when R2 restores 3PO's memory. He's always there for 3PO, and he's always fixing him. A lot of good R2 action in Attack of the Clones. I always forget that R2 and 3PO are at Anakin and Padme's wedding. Yeah. Like the only people there besides the mysterious uh, minister. Yeah. So what do you what do you have for the letter S? Like the letter A, there's a lot of good a lot of good S in Attack of the Clones. I'm gonna go with uh, the King of Mystery, 
Sifo-Dyas, mm. the ultimate Star Wars mystery, the original confusing, I don't understand what's going on, really. The more I think about it, the more confused I am. But Clone Wars kind of cleared it up. So thank you to Clone Wars. But he's mysterious. He's Dooku's friend. He dies. He orders the Clone War, the clones. He's very important, but very confusing. The Dooku Jedi Lost book, we get a lot of Sifo-Dyas in it. And it clears up some mysteries, but then the underlying giant mystery of Sifo-Dyas is it's eternal. It's kind of amazing we never got a Sifo-Dyas action figure. It should have just been an empty box. <laughs> or just like Dooku, but painted a different, like with blue skin or something weird. Just to further mess with people. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so who do you have for S? I've got to go with Shmi Skywalker. Yes. She made such a huge impress- impression on all of us in The Phantom Menace. And then in Attack of the Clones, she's talked about all through that first half of the movie, all through it with Anakin, with his mother. And like, like I was talking about the nightmares, this thing haunting Anakin. And then when he goes back to Tatooine, that scene with them in the hut. It's still heavy duty. It's 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 a major moment, and you know it echoes through all the films. The you know it's even Rise of Skywalker, like the way she dies, the hand on the face. It's kind of cool the way they handle it too. Where when you're watching the movie and Anakin's talking about her, we don't know what's going on with her because the movie never cuts to like see her and Kleeg hanging out or something. Like as far as you know. We don't know. She's already dead. She's everything's fine. You don't know. And then when you finally see her on screen is at that horrible moment, it's like it hits you harder because you you really hadn't seen her since Phantom Menace. And all of a sudden there she is. And it's like all Anakin's nightmares have now come true. Stay with me, Mom. Everything. the letter t i'm gonna go with tatooine we went back to tatooine we were just there in phantom menace we went back again we went back to the homestead that was a very big deal and anakin's ride uh through the desert on the on the swoop bike speeder bike whatever with the java sand crawler and just those amazing shots of him racing through the desert with duel of the fates playing it's possibly the most beautiful Tatooine has ever looked. Still to this day. Yeah, that's a great, that's a, it's a classic Star Wars scene. And it was a classic Star Wars scene the summer the movie came out. Like, it didn't even have to wait. <laughs> it knew what it was the first time you saw it. Instant classic. I mean, I remember like being in the theater and people going like, wow. It's classic. In- instant classic. Well, I'm going to go with a particular captain, Captain Typho. The big T-man, Panaka, was just too grumpy and had to go do something else. Or he was stay. maybe he was, he had to stay with the queen. I don't know. But Padme has new security and it's the wonderful Captain Typho who would have been cool enough on his own. But they were like, let's make him just a little bit cooler. And he got a space eye patch. And we all got Typho fever. Yes. 
And there is no cure. No. For typho fever. The symptoms go away, but you still got it forever until you die. If you go to the doctor and they tell you you got typho fever, it's got to incorporate it into your life. How can it benefit you? Maybe learn more about yourself now that you have typho fever. We all have typho fever. It's contagious. Mm-hmm. All it takes is a look and you catch it. <laughs> all right. What do you got for the letter U? I think we had to cheat on this one and we had to switch to last names. And we have Jedi Master, or is she the Padawan? I can't remember. Luminara Unduli. She, she's the Master because Barris is the Padawan. Yes, you're right. So, yeah. We were introduced to so many wonderful new Jedis in this movie. And Luminara and her Padawan, Barris are two that kind of stand out. And they were cool. They have a cool backstory where they're like... They would do like unison fighting or something, I want to say. And we can't forget, too, that they looked impossibly cool. Their their clothes were similar. And it was a new thing in like master and apprentice relationships that we hadn't seen on screen before. Where their, their clothes didn't look like traditional like Jedi Ben Kenobi robes. You know, it was like, oh, well, they can look different and they can wear similar clothes. And they were Two of the first female Jedi we saw in action. And that was a really big, cool deal where it was just like, wow, look at look at this. <laughs> well, and they were so cool and popular they carried over into into Clone Wars too. So yeah. the the Jendi the Jendi show and uh, the Dave Filoni show. And Rebels. Yeah, Attack of the Clones, that arena battle just kind of set set the stage for the future of what this Jedi business can be. And I guess the only other you I can think of is you at home or in the theater watching Attack of the Clones, <laughs> feeling the love. That's the most important part we can't forget. Because Attack of the Clones can't watch itself. Maybe it can. So next up, the letter V. Uh, v, I've got to go with versions. Like we said before, the fact that at one period in time there were three different versions of Attack of the Clones playing simultaneously, it hasn't happened since. It will never happen again. It was Star Wars magic where, <laughs> depending on where you saw it, when you saw it, you would see a completely different version of Attack of the Clones. Well, it's like 1977 all over again. It was a wonderful time. Wonderful, wonderful time. What's your choice for V? I, that's it. I couldn't think of any other Vs. <laughs> And so let's move on to W. What, what do you have for W? Got to bring up my man Watt Tambor of the Techno Union. Oh, yeah. One of the greatest sound effects in the history of greatest sound effects. He just tries to say like three lines and he's got to adjust his, his knob on his chest. I don't, he's, I've loved him since the first time I laid eyes on him and laid ears on him. It's a Ben Burt masterpiece. Yeah. He's like a giant alien tooth wearing a dress. <laughs> the Techno Union Army is at your disposal, Cal. I had to go with uh, WA7, the waitress droid. I've always been in love with her. Want some Jawa juice? Somewhere to see you, honey. Jedi by the looks of him. <laughs> oh, it's such a cool design for a droid. And I, we very similar in... Uh, Getting on Star Tours, mm-hmm. the droid that tells you the the safety stuff before you get on. That's when when I first time I went on that new version of Star Tours, I was like, "Oh God, 
Am I dead? Am I in heaven? Wherever I'm, wherever I am, I don't want to leave. <laughs> All right, so what do you have for X? I'm gonna go with Attack of the Clones is an excellent movie. Perfect. How about you? Uh, I'm saying that X. It's kind of cheating because it's EX, but X Jedi: The Lost Twenty. Yet Jakasanu talking about you know the statues, the bus, the Lost Twenty. It's it's like all all of that. Still so fascinating. Will we ever know who who are the other bus? What are their stories? Was there going to be an Ahsoka bust? Probably not. I don't know. We're, we're all anxiously awaiting to finally hear this the story of the Lost Twenty someday. One day, maybe that's Dexter Jetster going back through the history, telling us the story of the Lost Twenty. Hey, everybody! It's the Lost Twenty. Letter Y. I'm going with the youngling scene. You know, it's it's like the Tatooine part. It was an instant classic with uh, Liam the Shades. Yeah, that's great. Well, and there's another Y that goes right along with younglings, Yoda. We got to see sweet teacher, kindergartner teacher Yoda. To Oh, that's, that's why Obi-Wan said Yoda taught him. Because Yoda teaches everybody. Because he's little and everyone loves him. Well, and we got to see action Yoda. It was a Yoda tour de force in Attack of the Clones. It was. It was. Well, like Mason Obi-Wan, Yoda just was coming into his own in Attack of the Clones. All right. We made it to the end of the alphabet. There's only one more letter left. Z. Hopefully you're not snoring and there's some Zs coming out of you because you're asleep by this point. <laughs> I think there's only one Z, too. Who else is a Z in Attack of the Clones? Zam Wessel. I think she's a changeling. <laughs> and he's a she. <laughs> we shall me. Slamo. <sighs> I hit the ship, but they used a decoy. Oh, she, she was great. She was great. She is great. She'll ever, forever be great. And like, that was the thing, too. Like with the action figures, she was one of the preview action figures. And I remember getting that Zam Wessel, finding a Zam Wessel figure like months before the movie came out. I'm like, look at this. And didn't her arm already come off? Or was that one, there's a version that her arm came off. And I can't remember if that was the original version. And it was like, why does her arm come off? Or if they made a second one that had the arm that came off. I think they made a second one because she also came with her Wishami Shlemo face. It was like the old Zartan G.I. Joe figure. You could put the little mask on her. Yeah. Well, we did it. AOTC, A to Z. If there's anything, if there's anything we've learned from this journey through the alphabet with Attack of the Clones... Give Attack of the Clones another chance. Like we said at the beginning, how long has it been for you? Go back and watch it again. It deserves another look. There's a lot of stuff crammed into two hours and 20 minutes of Attack of the Clones, and there's probably something in there for you. It's on Disney+. Plus. Give it another shot. If you watch Phantom Menace, it'll recommend that you watch it next. Are you going to argue with Disney+. Plus? Disney+, Plus knows what you want. Begun. The Clone War has. The Geonosis Battle Arena, where you can control all the action. Jedi heroes fight off countless enemies with powerful force action as the arena erupts in chaos. Look! Even the odds with the Republic gunship. The epic battle for the galaxy is in your hands. Star Wars vehicle and playset each sold separately. Figures not included, some assembly required. 
And these last points, too accurate for sand people. Only Imperial stormtroopers are so precise. Okay, iTunes reviews, Apple Podcast reviews. It's been a while since we've had a new one, and I miss it. We love reading them so much. We love hearing what you folks have to say. So if you're listening on some sort of Apple thing, thingamajig or other, when you're done listening, go over there, write a little something nice, and and we will read your review on an upcoming show. And check us out on BlastPointsPodcast.com, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and sign up for the Super Chill Group on Facebook. If you want to support the show in a different way, we have got the Blast Points Patreon Army over there on Patreon. You can support the show, uh, help us keep doing what we're doing, and you can get all kinds of cool bonus episodes. There's going to be another commentary uh, sometime later this week when this episode comes out, I think. And then starting in just a couple weeks is going to be our weekly Clone Wars Patreon Army episodes. So exciting. And yeah, next week's episode is going to be dedicated to the first episode of Clone Wars coming back. Holy smoke. Can't believe we we're, we're there. We're almost there. It was hard enough to believe if it was coming back, and now that we're so close, I don't know if I'm ready. <laughs> Luckily, it's snowing here. I can run out in the snow and cool down a little bit to get ready. <laughs> That giant guy, he just ran out of his house naked. (laughs) Beardest thing. I think he's making snow angels. On that note, that about wraps up episode number 206, Saga Year, month two. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye. May the force be with you. Goodbye, old friend. May the force be with you. I'll be right with you. May the force be with all of you.